episode 77 of the My name is Becky, and I'll be your host. Today's segments include actually finished, actually working, actually attending. So, finished. I finished a ton of things since the last time I recorded, and there are some pretty good ones in there. So, I'm going to jump right in and talk about the first two, which are the Notched Hem Tanks by Pearl Soho. So you might remember, if you are a regular listener, that I was working on two of these. I had two different sets of yarn from my Madeline Tosh Club subscription, and they were in the Work Sock base. Something crazy has happened to the project I'm working on right now, so give me a second, you guys. There we go. Um, They were in the Work Sock base, which is a very heavy fingering, and frankly, I knit another project, I'll talk about it in a minute, in this base, and I really, they call it a heavy fingering, I really believe it's more like a worsted weight, but it knits up really nicely in this tank top pattern. So I had knit this last year in a beautiful pale blue, and I get a lot of wear out of this tank top. It's a really nice coverage because it is sleeveless, but very wide, um, more like a a square neck, not quite a boat neck, but a squared off neck. So it doesn't feel, um, I don't worry about my bra strap showing or any of that. It doesn't feel like a, a tank that I can't wear to work. So I knit two of these. My intention was to have one of them ready to wear to Interweave Yarn Fest, and I did, and then it was 40 degrees out. <laughs> so uh, what that tells me is you just can't predict the weather in Colorado, and that's okay. So I had finished, the first one was a beautiful brown color with little bits of turquoise and, and different colors kind of speckled through it. I'm in the speckles version of the Madeline Tosh Yarn Club, and this one was beautiful. Not a color I necessarily ever would have picked up myself, so that's what's kind of fun about this club is they're always gorgeous, and sometimes they take me outside my comfort zone in terms of colors I would normally wear. Uh, so this one I finished in time to wear to the show. I had to layer it under a jean jacket so that I didn't freeze to death, but it's very, very comfortable. I was really happy with how it turned out, and it's going to make a great addition to my wardrobe. I had the better part of a half a skinny yarn left over after that one. I think I'm going to take that leftover and just make some mitts out of it. I think it's a nice weight yarn for some mitts for people for gifts or something in the winter. And then the second one that I had started was in springier colors. And originally I had thought I wanted to wear it for Easter. I didn't get anywhere close to finished for it in time for Easter, which was fine. But I... It's a natural base with brighter speckles. I almost said sprinkles. (laughs) One of which is a beautiful spring green, and I have a pair of pants in that same color. And so that's kind of nice because I know exactly what I'll be able to wear it with when uh, I'm wearing it to work and things like that in the summertime. That one I added quite a bit of length. I added a little bit of length on the brown one. The, The lighter colored one I added a lot of length and tried to knit until I was really like out of yarn. And so it's much longer. It's really cute. I'm very happy with it. I think probably fit-wise, I like it just a little bit better with the added length, but I I like them both quite a lot. And so that's two nice new wardrobe staples in my summer wardrobe, which is great. The next thing that I finished was a project that I was doing for, with the kids for Teacher Appreciation Week. So I still try to make things where I can for the kids' teachers. With one in high school and one in middle school, there are a lot of teachers. Plus there's the guitar teacher and the martial arts teacher and, and lots of people in their lives where I just want to sometimes acknowledge and say thank you for you know what they do for the kids. So the kids and I made soap over spring break. Super fun. It was super easy. I just got like a goat's milk soap base off of Amazon and then I got some additional soap base at Michael's with my 40% off coupon and it's really just kind of you melt it, you add a little color, you add some essential oil and you pour it into the mold of your choice. So I have a mold that makes basically like a loaf of soap and then you can cut it and then I have the Star Wars molds that the kids and I used at Christmas time to make bath bombs. And turns out those are way better 
soaps than bath bombs. The bath bombs are, you know, I'm sure with some additional tinkering, I will get to a recipe that holds together really nicely. But the soap holds together without even having to try hard at all. And it's kind of fun because it dries really quickly. So in an afternoon, we were able to make a whole bunch of different things. And so we had like soap R2-D2s and soap Death Star and Han Solo and Carbonite and all these cool things. So that was really fun. We also, like I said, made loaves of soap. I had I bought some lavender and we made some lavender soap and we made some bergamot soap and so just really a lot of fun to do that and then I bought little porcelain soap dishes on Amazon probably for about two bucks a piece and we did alcohol ink on those so alcohol ink a lot of people use it in like stamping and things like that I had seen on Pinterest several years ago these cool projects where you take alcohol ink and you drip it on like a tile, like a plain porcelain tile, and then you spray it with a, or you like blow on it with a straw. You can also use canned air. I've seen it where they use canned air. That seemed like an unnecessary expense to me, so I've never done it that way. But we did a bunch of these several years ago with tiles, and then I made mirrors. So I have a beautiful mirror hanging in my living room, that has tiles that the kids decorated on it. My mom has one, my mother-in-law has one. And I did one when Ben was in first grade for the school auction, it was their class project. And so we made this beautiful mirror with all these tiles made by the kids and it was really a lot of fun, really easy kind of thing to do. So we made um, soap dishes and then I just bought some inexpensive varnish and just varnished over them so that it was waterproof. And they turned out really cute. They're just kind of, you know, funky, colored, interesting looking things. But I thought it was a cute little thing. So each teacher got a couple of different flavors of soap. Ben in particular has a lot of teachers who are young men. And so a lot of them got Star Wars soap. And then some of the, the other teachers got just bars of soap. And the little soap dishes. And then I made a bunch of washcloths. So I made washcloths. And actually my... Uh, my brother and my nephew both have birthdays in April and my other nephew had his first communion. So I gave them a bunch of Star Wars soap and I knit them each a washcloth too and it was just something extra kind of to go along with their gifts. So I probably ended up knitting maybe like 20 washcloths, mostly out of Knit Picks Dishy. I did get another Knit Picks yarn that has acrylic and the cotton and I'm going to use those for washcloths for people like my mom and and maybe my sisters-in-law and things like that at Christmas time because we're definitely going to do this for people at Christmas and I have a stitch dictionary from that I got as a review a couple of years ago and it was just the knitting all around stitch dictionary and what was really fun about that was it gave me the chance to kind of just experiment with some stitch patterns there were a couple of them that were very simple like there was a star stitch there was a, a cute um, honeycomb slip stitch pattern that were very simple, but they turned out really nice. Like I felt like the end result was very elegant and really pretty and just kind of simple. And so I had a lot of fun just experimenting with that, just flipping through the book and finding a stitch pattern I liked and then whipping up, you know, I could whip up a washcloth in an hour, hour and a half maybe. And so it really was a nice little fun, fast project. We watched all of the Avengers movies again heading into Infinity War and so I had some TV knitting time with the boys and it was just kind of a fun project. So I'm definitely going to do this again in the fall and winter and I'll probably just kind of keep working on it over time because they'll have new batches of teachers in the fall so these will make nice Christmas gifts. I also have extra of the mugs that I bought at Ikea for the Christmas gifts we did this year. And again, different teachers. So so in a lot of cases, I, I can just do it again and not have to worry about repeating. And I'm going to do them for, you know, family members and people at work and things like that. I feel like now that I go into an office, that would be a nice thing. I did give one to one of my employees who came out to visit. And so that was kind of fun. And Anyways, I did about 20 of them. The one thing that I had a lot of fun with that was in the book that I had never tried before was mosaic knitting. So mosaic knitting is a color work technique that I had never 
tried before. These were all two color. I suppose if you were better at it than I am, more experienced at it than I am, I should say, then you could certainly play around with more than two colors. But this was basically two color knitting and you knit uh, two rows, so front and back with one color, and then the next row you would strategically slip stitches so that the patterns come together in a two color color work. So really fun because it, again, for a washcloth, you wouldn't want to deal with necessarily like floats and things, but it gave them kind of a creative look to them. And I was mainly looking for patterns that felt to me like they had either some visual interest or some texture or things like that. So it was just a lot of fun. I had a great time doing that and it just made me feel like, oh, I was outside of my comfort zone a little bit in terms of, you know, using new stitch patterns and trying some new techniques and doing that in a really fun um, experiment. And then I ended up with lots of little finished objects that I was able to give as gifts. And the teachers loved them. I got lots of nice little um, notes and emails and things from the teachers. So that was really kind of fun. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was I got a cute little thing to, so this is the Lazarus Knitting Caddy. It's a silicone project bowl and it comes in three colors. Mine is called Spring Teal. There's also Hot Pink and Electric Violet. I got mine from the, the folks at Lazarus directly. This one, uh, I see it on Amazon, so you certainly can get it on Amazon. It's really interesting because this is a silicone bowl. I think I'm really going to like it because I think it's going to be a nice way to be able to knit outside without worrying about the elements. It has a couple of features that I think are really nice. First of all, very large. So it's sitting downstairs right now, and it has a pair of socks that are almost finished, plus I think three skeins of cotton knit pick stitchy for some washcloths in it and it it just makes a nice little bowl to have sitting in the living room. It does have sections that you can thread the yarn through for color work. I don't always love to do that myself because I'm fickle about where I want my project and I don't want my yarn permanently threaded through the bowl but for these dishcloths they were such fast little projects it didn't really matter to me that that they would be threaded through the bowl. And then it's got a handle, like a strap, on one side, and the other side has a little slit in it. So you can loop the strap through the hole, and then it's got basically a handle. You can close it up and carry it, which is very nice. I went to a girlfriend's house for a day of knitting and wine and TV a couple weeks ago, and I was working on the washcloth, and I brought it with me, and it was perfect. I kind of had it, had it overfilled, but what was great was I could close it up, carry it in, and then open it back up and I just had my little bowl out and ready to go. So I think it's a very cute little accessory. It's definitely the type of thing I would consider buying. I do have two, no, I have three ceramic knitting bowls in my, uh, in my knitting room. I have one that my mom had made for me for Christmas several years ago, or maybe my birthday, and it's beautiful. And then I have two in different sizes that I painted at the local Paint Your Own Pottery place with the kids. Also, you know, very fun, but fragile. So I thought this was an interesting thing, again, because it is very portable. If you had a color work project, if you had something like you were working on, like, you know, that I was doing where I, I had all these different balls of yarn. I wanted to be able to kind of just grab a different one and, and start a different stitch pattern. Really just a nice little accessory. So I wanted to give you guys a better review. I think I talked about it last time and hadn't really dug into using it, but I've been using it for maybe a month now, and it's just a nice little addition to my sets of tools. So those were the washcloths, and again, I'm going to be kind of fiddling with that as the year goes on so that I have things stored up for gifts. Oh, that was the other thing I did. So right around Earth Day, too, which made me really, actually, I think I was doing this on Earth Day. I really like the Three Wick Candles from 
Bath and Body Works. So I will wait for those to go on sale and then I kind of stock up and I try to always have them. Number one, they do make nice gifts for people. So it's nice to kind of always have a stash if you're going somewhere and you needed a hostess gift or whatever. But I just, I just like to have candles going in my house. So I, um, I have a bunch of the empty glass containers and I have done a couple of things like in my bathroom, all of my different multivitamins or like Q-tips or cotton balls, I have them all in the little containers that the candles used to be in. So I soak them and scrub them and run them through the dishwasher and get the, the wax out of them and everything. And then, you know, they have pretty little lids. Sometimes the containers themselves have cute things printed on them or whatever. And I just think it's a fun way to store things. So that's what I did was I, I melted the wax out of a bunch of them, really worked hard on getting, you know, the stickers off and any gunk from the stickers off and whatever. And then that's what I used for all of these various uh, soap gifts. So it would be a little washcloth at the bottom with the soap dish sitting on top of it. And then uh, on top of the soap dish, I would put the soap and then a cute little decorative lid. And it just made it really all self-contained and kind of a nice little gift package. And then I didn't have to buy gift bags or whatever. I could just send the kids with two a day, the whole week of Teacher Appreciation Week, and it worked out great. So that was kind of a fun, fun little touch for those gifts as well. And the last finished object that I have is a project I had not cast on the last time I recorded. So I, I'll talk in a minute about projects that I kitted up for myself. So I have kind of this bag of projects at the moment that I spend a, a whole day like winding yarn and getting things ready to go so that I have some projects queued up. I'm working on some summer garments and things like that. And I should have, in theory, everything all together so that I could just grab a new project and go. And I'm casting a couple things on this weekend. I just cast something on last night and another one this morning just so that I have a couple of those to work on. But the first thing that I cast on was the Reflections shawl. So that was a pattern from Interpretations 5. It's a Vera Valimaki pattern. And I had gotten another set of the work sock from Madeline Tosh. It's a beautiful dusty, very dusty, sort of pink peach color. The speckles run anywhere. There's brown, there's turquoise. It's not a lot of speckles. It's a very subtle speckle. So just a really pretty yarn. And I thought, well, that would be perfect in that shawl. I think it calls for a sport weight. Again, you know, this is categorized heavy fingering. And I've used it uh, with some success in projects that call for fingering weight yarn in the past. And the um, pattern, so the pattern calls for sport and about 625 yards of yarn. So I just grabbed the same needles figuring, okay, well, it's a shawl. And so it doesn't really matter if my gauge is perfect. If it ends up a little bit bigger, that's okay with me. I would probably think that was nice. And off I went. Well, guys, this shawl ate yarn like nobody's business. So... There are, I think, six different sections in the shawl. It alternates between garter, and there's some short rows, and there's some ribbing. So I think you're supposed to end up doing one garter section, two sets of short rows, and three sets of ribbing. And I basically had to skip the last two sections of ribbing. So uh, the, the last section would have been like six rows of ribbing, and then you knit front and back um, all the way across one time so that you end up with twice as many stitches and then you rib from there. And I basically, I think I did like four instead of six rows and then I did the knit front and back and I maybe got through like two rows and then my yarn was gone. Which really surprised me because I understand probably this was a question of gauge. Maybe I should have considered a different needle size. And but I'm off by like 200 yards of yarn and I didn't even finish. Like I didn't even get through the whole pattern. So probably I was off by like 
400 yards of yarn, which seems crazy to me. This shawl is ginormous. I think it's going to be really comfy, and I kind of don't care that I didn't finish the pattern. It looks like a finished shawl, but I've never really had anything quite happen like this with, I don't know, I guess it was just like the wrong combination of yarn plus pattern plus my gauge, where the results are completely wackadoo. So anyways, it's lovely. I was thinking about giving it to my mom. It is an interesting shape. It's very deep. I think she'll find it challenging to wear. So I don't think I'm going to give it to her. I was I was considering giving it to her for her birthday because it's a color that would look great on her. But I do have, um, in particular, I have one pair of pants that really would pick up this color nicely. So I think I'm just going to keep it and wear it myself. I don't have a lot of these, of the heavier weight shawl. Um, and again, since it is practically worsted weight, it's a nice heavyweight shawl. So I think that's what I'm going to do with it. I think I'm just going to keep it, call it good, and be done with it. But anyways, the whole thing was just a little bit strange. I was very surprised at my results in terms of how much yarn it took. In particular, you know, there's one section where you do like maybe 20, 25 rows, something like that, or 25, maybe it's 25 pairs of rows even of ribbing. And it just, I mean, this pattern was just like swallowing yarn. It was crazy. But I'm happy with the FO and, and, and I enjoyed the knitting. And at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. So let's move on to things that I'm working on. So I did wind up a ton of projects to be cast on and the reflections shawl was one of them so that little experiment is working other than the the washcloths i did work on that pretty monogamously and so it it was maybe like a three-week project and again it never really had my full focus so that was pretty good so the other things that i that i wound up were mostly summer garment kinds of projects I put together some yarn and it was funny because as I was winding yarn I had one thing in mind and then I changed my mind midway through. But I, I had some cloudborn fingering yarn that I had ordered from Craftsy. So that's that really inexpensive fingering weight yarn that I ordered from them over the winter. I think I have it in dark, I have definitely have it in dark gray and turquoise um, maybe that's it maybe those are the only two colors that I ordered it in but I decided to wind up the turquoise and it was going to be the anemone sweater which was a, a Vera Valimaki pattern for a short sleeve sweater from Interpretations 5 and then I had a Boylan Knits pattern called Tegna that I was going to do out of this yarn from On the Round that I have that I had been waiting to find a project for. And as I was winding them, it was really funny because obviously the uh, the cloudborn is just a solid turquoise yarn. And then this on the round for the anemone is a beautiful speckle and it's got some spring green and some bright green and some black. Pretty big variation, skein to skein, but I had bought them from her seconds sale. So they were, skeins that did not meet her quality control. So I kind of expected, you know, differences between skein to skein given the manner in which I bought them. But I um, changed my mind. <laughs> so the on the round is going to be anemone. I just, the original in the book is knit with some beautiful peach colored hedgehog. I did spend quite a bit of time with the samples. I saw them at the Longmont Yarn Shop and then I didn't realize for some reason, I thought they only had them at the Longmont Yarn Shop for like a limited amount of time, and I think they actually had them for a whole month, and they brought them to Yarn Fest. So my friends and I hung out and played with the samples quite a bit, and so I think it was just in my head how cute that had looked with the speckle, and then I didn't want to do it in a solid color. So the blue cloudborn from Craftsy is going to be Tegna. I'm going to cast that on today as well. Um, I pulled out needles for that earlier and I'm ready to go. And then the on the round speckle is going to be Anemone by Vera Valimaki. So Anemone is a cap sleeve 
sweater and it has a really cute shaping where there's basically short rows maybe from like the waist down that give it kind of a cute little side ruffle. I'm definitely going to probably knit it longer than called for uh, and I was looking at the pattern today to sort of see what I would need to modify in order to be able to do that but I think it's going to be just adorable. I really like these colors that I bought. I've had this in my stash I think for a little over a year and I've been waiting again I thought it was going to be Tegna but I've been waiting to cast it on and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I think it's going to be really pretty. I think the the springy colors in addition to that interesting shaping and interesting style, style will just make it a really nice summer top that I could either wear to work because it is cap sleeves or you know out um, because it'll be lightweight enough that I, I think it'll be fine. So I'm really all about adding some summery pieces to my wardrobe so that I can get more use out of my knitwear. I'm still figuring out to sort of the climate control situation in my office. The days that we've had where it's been cold, boy, did they crack the heat in my building. Um, and I'm hoping that I will not find myself in a situation where the new office is overly air conditioned, but time will tell. So that was the first one I, I cast anemone on this morning. I am knitting it right now. Really interesting construction on this one. So I printed the pattern even though I have the book. Uh, and, it, and it really, when you get down to instructions, it's just one page front and back, which is interesting. But a lot of it seems to be knit flat, upper back, right shoulder, left shoulder, front, and then I'm going to join all of that together and knit the body. So I'm enjoying just the idea of sort of the interesting construction and I think that's going to be a really fun thing to kind of play around with. And since right now I'm doing some short rows right now and then I have to knit quite a bit stockinette so I'll get to practice my uh, reverse stockinette without purling I guess is what you call it technique that I've been kind of playing with which I don't get to dust off very often but I feel like this is a project that will help me get better and faster at that. And I'm just very excited about it. So the second one that I wound up and that I cast on last night was a sweater from Pom Pom Magazine called Treskilling. T-R-E-S-K-I-L-L-I-N-G. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce that. But it's a very cute, lots of positive ease, little sweater from uh, Pom Pom Magazine and it's a fingering weight. It's got a really cute twisted stitch pattern at the top. So I worked the first set of twisted stitches last night. A little bit slow going because it's charted but uh, I think it's going to be really pretty. And then basically it's got big voluminous short sleeves with an I-cord at the bottom and it's just a nice, again, lots of positive eve, ease kind of piece. I think it's worn with 10 inches of positive ease. And I thought that would be really cute. The yarn is MJ Yarns Tough Ram, which is his red label base that is not a single. Um, it's in a purple color. I do not recall the name of, but I bought it at his moving sale. And so I was excited to cast that on. I think I have four skeins and I'm only going to need three, but I'm sure it's a beautiful yarn. I'm sure I can find something else uh, to work that fourth skein into. Or maybe I'll make socks. It'd be really pretty socks. So that one, I, again, I cast it on last night. I got through the first chart. I got tired and decided not to, to work on the second chart. And I certainly can't work charted anything and talk to you guys at the same time. So Tonight I'll probably pick that up and see if I can't get through the second chart because then I think from there it's just tracking increases. I think there's only patterning right at the yoke of the sweater. So then then it'll become more hanging with the kids, you know, watching a movie, friendly knitting. The next one is also from Pom Pom Magazine and that's the, I guess it's the spring 2018 issue and this one is called Timbromania and it's a very cute short sleeve top. It has a cute little stitch pattern and some eyelets right at the 
the um, yolk and then really kind of just a, I don't want to say basic, but a really simple short sleeve sweater. This one calls for a sport weight yarn and I kind of made myself a little bit crazy looking for sport weight yarns. The sport weight yarn was what I went looking for when I was at Yarn Fest. Day one, I did not find anything. Day two, my girlfriends and I went to the Hugh Loco Open Studio. So Nicole from Hugh Loco is now doing an open studio every Saturday. She's got a cute little studio location up in Loveland, Colorado. Uh, and it's just yarn heaven. It is just yarn heaven. <laughs> so I'll talk a little bit more about that now. But I bought a one-pot wonder from her. So the one-pot wonders were all on sale. She had some beautiful colors. It's funny because I had, I thought I had three colors picked out. So I knew... I knew that I wanted a sport weight yarn. That was kind of my goal for the weekend. I knew that I hadn't really seen anything that I loved my first day at Yarn Fest. I thought it would be kind of fun to go up and get one of her One Pot Wonders because it would be, you know, unique and a little bit different. So I kind of went digging through the One Pot Wonders looking for sets of sport weight yarn that I thought would work for this little sweater. And then I laid them all out on the table in the middle of the room. And then it turned out that I had picked the same color twice. <laughs> so I was like, I must have picked one color, and then I picked a second color. And then I went back and picked another one, which turned out to be the first color again. So I thought, okay, well, that's a sign. It's it's a speckle, natural base with a speckle, and it's uh, bright pink and black and I think little bits of blue. So I think it's going to be really cute. Again, very summery colors. Very me. The other one that I had picked out was um, a natural base with blues and kind of a an amber color, I would call it, maybe gold. And that one was really cute. And for it was funny because then I, for a while, really had it in my head that that was the one I had picked out. And then I kept looking in the bag and thinking, oh, no, that's not the one I got. But my friend Sarah, who was with me, bought that color. So... That was really, um, really fun. I'm excited to see what she knits with hers. So that one has not been cast on yet, but it's in the bag. It's all wound up. It's ready to go. I'm excited about that sweater. It will match quite a few things in my summer wardrobe in terms of pants and things that I have. So that one, maybe I'll cast on. I have um, one of my rare No Kid Weekends coming up, Memorial Day. And so there might be an opportunity for me to cast that on next weekend. And then the last one that I wound yarn for is the Separate Ways sweater. So this is another one from Interpretation. This one is a Hoagie Locatelli, and it's a striped sweater, really cute, boxy shape. And I just happened to have a set of yarn in my stash that really resembled the Neighborhood Fiber Company colors that they did as the Interpretations selection custom color for the book. So this time they worked with dyers to create custom colorways for every pattern. And this one is, I think on the model, it's actually, it's like blue and a dark gray and a light gray. And then there's a pink. So I had a set from a sale at Eat Sleep Knit. I had some one of a kind Madeline Tosh. Um, it was a trio that they called newsprint. And there was a white with black speckles a dark gray and a blue and then I ordered some nerd string fingering weight in a colorway called fired up that's kind of like a hot coral orangey pinky beautiful color so that one is set up and ready to go as well and that my deal kind of is I am not casting anything else on until I have at least cast on those projects and started those projects those are the things I'm most excited about at the moment and I'm still at a point where if I could crank them out um, over the next little bit here then I, I would have some knits I could wear in the summer and then once I've finished up some of these then I'll start to look ahead to a couple of the projects that I'm very excited about for the fall because I do still have my beautiful Sunset Highway sweater with the colorful eclectic yarn that I picked out for my birthday um, and some things like that, but I, I wanted to make myself sort of a stash of things that I could pull from this summer and maybe really enhance my wardrobe. 
So the other couple of things that I have been working on are I I just socks. <laughs> I have three pairs of socks going right now, and they are all attempting this technique where I'm just knitting them as long tubes, and then I'm going to cut them and pray and add afterthought toes and afterthought heels. I think it's going to be great. And so I have a self-patterning yarn that I have been working on for a little while. That was kind of my original with this. And then I have a white birch fiber arts that I bought at Yarn Fest that I'll talk about a little bit in a minute. And then I have a white birch fiber arts that I bought last year at Stitches. And those are the things that I am working on with this new sock technique. So my sock mojo is at least a little bit back. I have a bunch of socks that need heels and maybe that'll be one of my projects next weekend as well. So the other thing that I am kind of into at the moment, next weekend, again, I, like I was saying, I, I have some time without the kids. That rarely ever happens, and it's pretty precious to me when it does because it just gives me a little bit of time to relax and, and have a little bit of self-care time. So next weekend, I really have very little planned. I do need to get my vegetable garden going. I am doing a juice cleanse because I always think that's a nice way to sort of reset and, and force a little relaxation in my life. And then I have a bunch of crafty projects lined up. So the first is obviously I'll be doing a bunch of knitting and I, I have a lot of different projects I want to work on. I want to work on my Cozy Blue Embroidery set. So I had bought myself with a store credit at Longmont Yarn Shop a Cozy Blue set. It's got little poppies on it. And I thought that would just be a cute little touch to add to my new office. So I haven't busted that out yet, and I really am excited about it. So that one, that one will come, hopefully. I may even work on that a little bit this weekend, depending on how busy my day is tomorrow. And then, I, I don't know if this is nerdy or not, but I have been super into, uh, for gifts for people and things, like my niece and uh, my half-sisters and people like that, these paint-by-number kits that are made for adults. So they're an actual wrapped canvas. And sometimes you can see simple ones like that at, at Michael's. Like I know at Christmas a couple years ago I had cute little ones that were, uh, it came with all the paint and everything and they just had like peace and love or Merry Christmas or whatever. But these are a little more elaborate. Jack and I had gotten one last year. We kind of worked on it together and it was a butterfly and I got my, my niece one that was a ballerina. And they're just kind of cool and awesome. And I was excited to try one out for myself. So I bought a small one for my office. It's also poppies. There's a lot of them with poppies for whatever reason, uh, which might actually kind of be cool because maybe that will just become a thing for me. But I find it very therapeutic and I have to kind of focus and concentrate and I'm enjoying that quite a bit. And then I ordered a second one, and it's kind of an ocean scene, and it reminds me of Hawaii, and that makes me feel happy. So I'm going to work on those next weekend. I also ordered a little kit from Amazon, because I couldn't find it anywhere else, from a company called, I think it's called Craft Crush. And they have all these cute things, and I think I discovered them because I was looking for something for nieces and and people like that for Christmas um, and they do felt a felt succulent kit which I just thought sounded really really cute so this is Ann Williams craft Ann Williams group craft crush and they have all these different cute little kits I do think Target carries them I had a little trouble finding them and then at one point the succulent one that I liked sold out and then came back on stock at, at Amazon but it's just a like a square, almost like a frame thing. And then you make all these felt succulents. And I really thought it would be fun because the other thing I saw on Pinterest was a really cute wreath. And it was just a very pale heather gray yarn wrapped around a styrofoam wreath form. And then there was just kind of a little spray at the bottom of succulents. And I thought that would be cute. I haven't redone my front door stuff. I have sort of a set of things that I rotate through on my front door. I have a beautiful pine cone wreath my mom made with pine cones from her yard and I have some tulips, fake tulips, and I have a cute thing for Valentine's Day and I have a cute thing for St. Patrick's Day, but I thought this would make a nice 
little um, spring or summer addition to the things that I rotate on my front door. So that's another thing that I intend to do next weekend is that that little kit and hopefully maybe make a little wreath once I get a sense of um, how to make the succulents and how well that goes. Then I think the succul the the kit thing will go in my office and the wreath will go on my front door. So those are kind of some of the things. The other big thing that I am thinking about, and so now you guys understand, right? We're talking about maybe I have 72 hours, and so certainly 24 of those I'll be asleep. But the other thing that I've been thinking about is t-shirt quilts. So the boys, the last couple times that we've cleaned out closets, I've been stashing away special t-shirts, either t-shirts that I think that they like quite a bit or t-shirts that have some meaning. So for example, one year Jack's team came in second place in the little baseball, summer baseball league tournament or something. So I have, a, instead of a trophy, they got a t-shirt. I have that t-shirt. I have t-shirts from where they go to camp every year, stuff like that. And I really want to make them each a t-shirt quilt. So I've been off reading about it. My sister-in-law quilts quite a bit. And so she's a good resource for information and she knows someone who would do sort of the long arm piece of it for me so the piece where you actually quilt it you can make just the topper and then she'll do the actual quilting for you and it was pretty reasonably priced because I have absolutely no experience with that so I sew but I, I don't have any experience with how to quilt nor do I think I have the right type of machine and the one thing that I know that you have to do is you have to uh, iron fusible interfacing to the back so that the t-shirt material is more like regular fabric and less likely to pucker or do anything strange so that you get a nice consistent feeling on your quilt. So what I think I may also try to do next weekend is start to really pick out, well, which ones are the t-shirts that I really think belong in this quilt? And what do I think in terms of size? And, and maybe at least just start to sort of plot that out and plan that. I think it would be really cool to give those to the boys this year for their birthdays. Jack will be 16, Ben will be 13. So 16 is kind of a, a big birthday. And Ben's going to be a teenager. So it feels like a nice sort of milestone to do that for them. We'll see. We'll see if I get it done. I've been all over Pinterest looking at, you know, you can do them everywhere from just seaming the t-shirts together to nicer ones where, you know, there's maybe multiple shapes, but they're also on uh, a quilting cotton background and, you know, how to use different colors. So that, that I think is one thing I just want to work on a little bit is kind of plotting that out and figuring out how I will want it to look. Um, and then probably I'm going to make them pretty big. Jack has a, a bigger bed than Ben, but I think I'm going to make them pretty big in the hopes that they will last them a long time, right? That they won't feel like, oh, this is this little thing my mom made me, that it could maybe actually be like a, you know, whatever, in their dorm or something. I don't know. So that's, that's another project that's top of mind for me. And I am really looking forward to a weekend of self-care between the, the juice and some very lightweight yoga, right? I'm going to take easier yoga classes next weekend when I'm only on juice and then just kind of doing some crafting and really having a little time to just slow down and uh, let go a little bit. It's just been a busy, it's always a busy time of year with the kids wrapping up school. I'm certainly in the midst still of some transitional times at work. And uh, while it's all positive, it's fairly mentally taxing. And so I'm looking forward to just a little bit of downtime. And that leads us to attending. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was Interweave Yarn Fest. I can't believe I haven't recorded since then, but it was a really fun couple of days. I went up for Friday and Saturday. So I took the Friday afternoon off and my friend Sarah and I went up and just did the marketplace. I didn't take any classes this year. There wasn't anything that was really calling to me. And so I decided to just enjoy the time kind of with my fiber friends and my fiber community and things like that. So we went up on Friday and we just, you know, walked the market. We probably made three rounds of the market 
which was really fun. Um, saw some friends. Melanie from Knit Stitch Yarns had a booth there for the first time this year, and I think that went really well for her, and I was really happy for her and her success there. And then Jonathan from MJ had a massive booth, and he was back for um, for Yarnfest. So he has moved to Seattle. If you live in Seattle, you should definitely follow Jonathan on social media. He has started selling yarn at Pike Place Market. So he moved up to Seattle. He got all settled in, got his new studio built out and everything just the way he likes it. He was telling me in his booth all these great ways that it's made him more efficient and he can focus more on running his business because the dyeing of the yarn is more effective in the new studio space because he was able to kind of start from bare walls as opposed to the church space that he was in before where everything was preset. So anyways, just very exciting, but I got to hear all about how that's going for him and how Seattle has been and everything, and, and we kind of just walked around. And so the first day, I was pretty good. I had a couple of things that I really, really wanted, and I really, really wanted to make sure that I got to do, um, and I we made a beeline a little bit for the White Birch Fiber Arts booth. I was glad that I did that because I got the very last skein she had. And again, this was only the second day of four, but she has a colorway that is all of the house colors from Harry Potter. And so it's a long changing colorway and it's eight different stripes and I got the last skein of it. So I was really glad that I made the beeline because that, that was really beautiful and I really wanted it. And I also bought a yellow and gray stripe one and I'll make some more Hufflepuff socks with that. So those were two purchases right off the bat from White Birch Fiber Arts. And then next to her were the people that make the great knitting mugs. And I'm going to have to go and look them up and put it in the show notes. But they do, for Stephen B, they do the F off I'm knitting mugs. And they do all sorts of clever mugs with like knitting sayings. And then all sorts of like fandom type mugs. And so they had Doctor Who and they had... A bunch of Harry Potter things and they had Outlander and they had all these different fandom type mugs hand-thrown pottery beautiful beautiful stuff and I walked in the booth and there were two Hufflepuff mugs left and Jack is uh is a highly committed Hufflepuff Ben vacillates but will not be sad if what he gets is a Hufflepuff mug so so I bought the last two Hufflepuff mugs. I went back the next day and the guy was like, you have made a lot of people sad because I have a lot of people here looking for Hufflepuffs and you got the last two. But um, that just means he should bring more next time, I think. So the, that day we really just walked around. I didn't buy a lot. My friend Sarah bought a bag from Front Range Bags. They're local, but I had first seen them at Stitches. And my little Force Awakens bag is from them, and I love it. I use it a lot. So she bought a bag. They had pretty much sold out of their big bags, again, also by end of day Friday. So that was that was nice to see. It's always nice to see someone local do well. Uh, that always makes me really happy. And we ran into my friend Emily just briefly that day. She was wrapping up her time at the show as we were getting there. She had to pick up kids from school that day. Um, but then the next day, my friend Emily and my friend, my other friend Sarah and I spent the whole day together up there. So we met up in the morning and we went to Cracker Barrel and had a delicious breakfast. And then we went over to the Hue Loco Open Studio. So the Hue Loco Open Studio, again, totally, if you are local and you haven't made it up to Loveland for that, totally add it to your list. I really enjoy Nicole's aesthetic and I really like her yarns quite a bit. I actually had only ever knit with it one time before but I sure admire it all the time. And so I bought a sweater quantity worth of yarn. Sarah bought a sweater quantity worth of yarn. I think Emily bought sock yarn. Um, but we had a lot of fun because I had the interpretations book with me and I had the pom-pom magazine book with me and so we were we were picking yarn for projects and it's always fun to go and do that with people who are as into it as you are. So we had a blast. We had a really good time. And then we went over to um, Yarnfest. And so on Saturday, it was certainly more crowded. Um, all three of us bought, nevertheless, she knitted t-shirts in the Canon Hand Dyes booth. So we were triplets <laughs> with our knitting t-shirts. And that was really fun. I, I thought those were a really cool thing 
Um, they both, I'm pretty sure they both bought mugs in the pottery thing as well. We stopped by the barmaids and checked out all of their stuff. I bought one skein from Jonathan. So that was the other thing about MJ Yarns is he's got um, a new base. And I think, again, it's a new base on both fingering and worsted. There's definitely a new worsted base. And I bought a beautiful skein of blue yarn. The first day I was joking because there were only three or four of them left. And I was joking with Brady who helps Jonathan in the booth, their friends. And um, I was joking that the skein of yarn was my boyfriend and that he needed to protect it for me until <laughs> I came back and got it the next day. And, and the good news was there was still one left. I think there were two left by the time I got there on Saturday. So I was able to pick that up. I think that's going to be a hat for Ben at Christmas time. And I had bought a beautiful green at the moving sale that will be um, a hat for Jack. So then they'll both get they'll both get MJ Yarns hats, I think, this year for the holidays. And then I'm trying to think if I even bought anything else the second day. I was pretty reserved with yarn. Frankly, guys, I'm, you know, I'm feeling like I'm at a point where it is time to knit down some stash and, and be excited about that rather than adding a ton of yarn to my stash. So uh, I was pretty reserved. We did, so then we ran into Liz from Colorful Eclectic. She was there. She had dyed some custom colorways for Bijou Basin, and her stuff was in their booth. So that was really exciting. Again, another, you know, another friend doing well. That always makes me happy. Uh, and we spent a bunch of time talking to Carl and Eileen from Bijou Basin in their in their booth. I must have said in their ranch. And then we went over to the Longmont Yarn Shop booth, and again, they still had the interpretation samples. So we just had a lot of fun playing with those and trying different ones on. It was really funny because when I saw Emily the first day, she said, I don't know, now that I saw the samples, I want to knit less of the interpretation stuff than I did. But then after we were there as a group and we were all kind of playing with them and messing with them and trying them on, then there were a couple that she was really excited about. And I think it was just that 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 stuff is more fun with a friend and doing it by yourself maybe isn't as fun. So, so that was great. We had a great time. You know, I feel very fortunate to have made fiber friends that I can do these things with. And I'm just very grateful for the people that the podcast has brought into my life. So that was a lot of fun. And that was Yarnfest. It feels like it was ages ago now. It wasn't necessarily, maybe it was like three weeks ago now, but feels like longer. And I had a great time. Next thing that we, oh, that I wanted to just tell people about, if you are local, um, my, two of my family members have photography on display at Gallery 1874 this month. So I guess May must be like Nature Photography Month or something. They were going to do Gallery 1874, for those of you who don't remember, is where the last two Knit Nosh events have been. And when I was there in November um, for planning and setup and everything for the most recent Knit Nosh, I was chatting with them about how great the gallery looked because the first time we were there, obviously we were the first event ever in their space and there wasn't art on the walls. So the second time there was art on the walls, we were just chatting about that. And I told them about my stepdad's photography and they were excited about that. They ended up connecting with him and, and working with him to display his stuff this month. And then he recommended that they work with my sister-in-law, who is more of a bridal photography, but certainly does beautiful nature photography as well. And so both of them have their photography on display at Gallery 1874 this month and next month. I think there's going to be an artist reception the night of June 1st. There was already one earlier in the month, but I skipped it because my parents were out of town and weren't going to be able to be there. But they have beautiful work. The gallery is beautiful. Obviously, all of the things around samples and the samples family always eventually lead back to support for sample supports, which is their charity for uh, creating jobs and building skills for people with developmental challenges. And so that's a really great reason to support them as well. So just a little little plug there. If you guys are looking for something fun to do, 
in Old Town Arvada in the month of May or June, stop by the gallery and check out Scott and Emily's photography. Then a couple things coming up. Not, not a lot, but there are some fun things that go on around here in the summer. The Fancy Tiger anniversary should be coming up pretty soon. I think that's usually beginning of July. Uh, so that's something that I may plan to go to. I was scoping out classes the other day too. So I'll keep you guys posted. It may be that I end up going to um, the Fancy Tiger anniversary or taking a class or something down there this summer. The Estes Wool Market is coming up, and so that is in Estes Park, Colorado. And let me just get you guys the dates. The Wool Market is June 7th and 8th for workshops and June 9th and 10th for the market. I will almost definitely be up on Saturday this year, so that would be Saturday, June 9th. Let me know if you guys uh, are interested in meeting up up there. It could be fun to go up and have some... Uh, lunch or something and then go to the thing and so that could be fun. The other thing I wanted to plug that I'm not sure I'm going to but it sure sounds like a lot of fun is the Colorado Makers Retreat. So that's on June 16th. The reason I don't know if I'm going is because that's the weekend of Comic-Con which has become a thing that my kids are super into and so given the choice on the date I would I would choose the thing with the kids but this is put on by uh, Liz from Colorful Eclectic and gosh, the gal that does Independent Street Yarn, and I'm so sorry because I'm not I'm spacing on her name right now, but they are putting this on, and, and it is up on, uh, I think, Lookout Mountain? Yep, Lookout Mountain, and they're doing it at a place called the Crystal Rose, and it's an actual, like, one-day retreat thing, so they'll do classes and everything. Um, the classes are $35. They are trying to make sure that signups are done by June 1st so that they can make sure that all classes have a minimum of three people. So if you are thinking about it, um, make sure that you, you sign up in the last, in the next couple of, of weeks here. They have learning to embroider, basics of brioche, um, Photography, that's with my friend Emily, so that will be a great one. How to photograph your knitting. Cables aren't just for knitters, there's a crochet cable, color work crochet, spindle spinning, and this one says color work cozy. So it looks like, oh, they're making a cup cozy, but they're teaching you the basics of barrel, which would be a really fun one too. I think that the cost for a retreat ticket is $75. I'm just checking. I'm pretty sure it's $75. If that's wrong, you guys, I will correct it. Yeah, no, retreat ticket is $75. I'm pretty sure that includes lunch at the retreat. So it says all day coffee and tea, snacks, hot lunch, goodie bag. There will be vendors and there will be a cash bar. So that sounds like a fun day. And like I said, if it was different, oh, it's Michelle from Independent Street Yarn. Sorry, Michelle. Um, if, if you're looking for something different to do, this is brand new. Um, event here in Colorado and it's always fun to to get out and meet with your fellow fiber friends. And then in August, Hot August Knits is the Northern Colorado Yarn Crawl, Southern Wyoming Yarn Crawl. So that's always a fun one. Shops like the Longmont Yarn Shop, My Sister Knits, the Loopy U are always involved in that one. And then the Yarn Along the Rockies Yarn Crawl is the Metro Denver, Boulder, Colorado Springs yarn crawl. And so that is also always a lot of fun. Finger Play Studio, Fancy Tiger, Colorful Yarn. So there's some, some favorites on that one as well. So if you're local, you're going to any of those things, give me a shout and uh, let's meet up and hopefully I'll see you there. That's all for me this time, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out today. And until I talk to you next, happy knitting!